0: For the last few days, I've been uh, just, you know, watching the news and listening uh, to a variety of stories. And uh, the Squamish Nation has been signing protocol agreements with the city of Vancouver, the city of Squamish... Uh, and it's quite interesting. And as I was listening to these protocol agreements, I said, you know, I got to talk to uh, folks over there at Squamish Nation and get a sense of what it all means, these protocol agreements. Joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, these agreements is Hal Salem. He's a Squamish Nation Council Chair. Hal Salem, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I think it's important we have this conversation because obviously lots lots going on in the news, but you know these types of agreements can have a significant impact uh, beyond uh, headlines uh, in, on any given day. Walk me through what your council and you have been doing over the last few days in regards to these these protocol agreements. You know, signing them with Squamish and in Vancouver as well.
1: Yeah, we've signed three protocol agreements with. Um Three municipal governments that uh, operate within Squamish Nation territory. Squamish Nation has about 18 local governments overall that operate within our territory. And you know, over a num- number of decades and years, we've we've been working on building a positive relationship with these governments. But the protocol agreement is really an articulation of um, how we want to work together, what we want to work on, how we can support each other in sort of goals or aspirations that we might have and the world has changed you know 20 30 years ago municipal governments didn't really see themselves as having any responsibility to work with first nations but the world has changed and so we've been building a lot of positive relationships as a result
0: Uh What types of things would you work with these cities on? Is it a question of the important things, but very, uh, you know, the things that aren't very sexy, it could be, you know, sewer and and those kind of things that are very important for infrastructure uh, and water and those types of things, or is it other things as well? Like what kind of things would you be working together in conjunction on?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, a lot of issues that might not be front and center of people's minds, but do, to impact, uh, you know, the interests of the Squamish Nation. You know, when, when municipalities are engaging in new infrastructure projects, whether it's utilities or new development, um, you know, there's opportunities to really work with the Squamish Nation, like say, for example, on archaeological uh, research or archaeological surveys of the site. A lot of the Lower Mainland, you know, obviously has a lot of history of uh, First Nations uh, occupation and Archaeological history, and so there might be projects like that where we want to make sure that our staff and our technicians are involved in some of those projects. But also, there's a number of other things. You know, we have a, an emerging workforce within our community, um, we have a, a lot of uh, challenges in terms of raising the level of income of First Nations community members, and so we see opportunities for employment and training, mentorship. Um, Uh, procurement for small businesses within Squamish Nation community members. All of those things, I think, you know, there's opportunities to partner and and tie in uh, these opportunities together. So it it ranges from very small things to very big things. Uh,
0: Can one community uh, tell the other community, or I say could tell them, but could they have any impact on a a community's decision to move forward on, let's say, a housing project and say, look, we find while it is in your territory – It's a little too big because we may have traffic issues. We may have other issues. Uh, Can they? Will could they have any say, or is it more so just uh, issues that are outside of that jurisdiction?
1: Yeah, I mean, the interest, the reason that we like why we're doing these protocol agreements is, you know, when British Columbia was created and a lot of the municipal governments were created by provincial law, there wasn't really a lot of consideration at the time around First Nations interests and. You know, Since then, we've had uh, a constitution created in Canada that recognizes Aboriginal rights. We've had legislation passed that starts to recognize Aboriginal rights. And we've also had courts who have acknowledged the existence of Aboriginal rights. And so all of those things have changed the context and the need for governments to listen and work and collaborate with First Nations. Otherwise, First Nations can stall things. We can hold up development. We can hold up projects. We can delay things. We can add um, significant costs because... The law of this country is that there's uh, a recognition of Indigenous rights and that uh, government and industry has to uphold those rights. So instead of relying on the courts to settle disputes and instead of fighting with each other, um, which has been sort of the story for so long, we really see an opportunity to work together so that we don't have to go to court to fight over things, that we can actually be involved at an early stage. Um, This would allow for... Uh, development to happen. This could allow for industry to develop to to happen. It could also allow for projects to move at a much uh, more efficient or quick pace. Mm -hmm. Um, And by partnering with First Nations, we can actually facilitate a lot of growth, a lot of economic development, a lot of um, community development.
0: Uh, could that mean uh, you get to a point where you have non-First Nations members living on your territory for re- for housing developments and that's that sort of thing? And there could be potential conversations about a community center or or those types of things. I mean, those are the things that I mean. I know where I live in Tewasen, you have a significant amount of development in and around a shopping mall. But behind that shopping mall is a significant amount of housing that's getting built. Um But at the same time, those very people moving there may be using community centers in. Delta instead of Mm -hmm. in their own communities. Uh, Is there ever an opportunity you see potentially for sharing some tax, uh, some tax revenue because there is overlap in between municipalities and and First Nations?
1: Yeah, I I think that that's part of the emerging conversation that's happening as First Nations start to utilize uh, the value of their lands. Um, What we've been very proud of um, with the Squamish nation is that when we've approach those types of conversations, what we've negotiated is a very fair kind of fair market value uh, exchange where we purchase, you know, we come up with a contract basically where we purchase services from the city of Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Um, But we as a nation collect the property taxes because we have the authority under federal uh, law to collect property taxes on our lands. And then what happens is we collect the property taxes from our own lands. Mm -hmm. We work out a contract with the municipal government to buy services for them and we use a portion of the, uh, you know, a significant portion, but a portion of the revenue we collect off taxes to pay for the services. And so really it comes down to what's negotiated within those agreements and whether it's community centers, libraries, police, um, other types of municipal services that are typically provided um, off reserve. Um, we just buy those, mm-hmm. uh, in which case the, the municipal government is collecting revenue from us. It's just a unique arrangement where we're sort of operating as a customer uh, on behalf of the residents of our community and paying for those services, and what's been really exciting is that we were able to you know negotiate those contracts so that they're based off of fair value, reasonable costs and reasonable uh, charges.
0: I recall, uh, uh, going back to the Tawasin First Nation for a moment, uh, covering stories in the early 90s where they were trying to build a condo development and required the, uh, the sewage system from uh, Delta, and there was much acrimony, and they ended up building their own, uh, but there's a tremendous amount of acrimony in regards to just uh, the building and uh, uh, that they put up, uh, and now today you're seeing a much better relationship and, and, and a great development that they put up in Tawasin for their community, mm-hmm. which builds an economic base. But it, we sometimes forget... that you know, 20 years ago, I was covering protests in that mm-hmm. very community or p- protests against that community, probably 25 years now. Uh, and today they've built a, pro- you know, it's the first urban treaty that's been signed in uh, in British Columbia. And they've built a really strong economic base for their community and continue to build. But it's hard. to It's not it, we forget that it's only been 20, 25 years ago where the relationship had significant. There's a lot more acrimony back then compared to today. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the. I think there's been a lot of transformation in our country in a positive way. That there's mm-hmm. been a better understanding of the experiences, the lives, you know, lived experiences of First Nations communities, uh, a recognition of of the current challenges we face, but also I think fundamentally a, a recognition that uh, we as First Nations, you know, we're part of this country, we're we're a foundational part of this country, um, and we have a lot of value to add to these big, giant problems that we're facing as a society. And so instead of viewing First Nations as a, as a, an adversary or as an enemy, we can actually work together to achieve some sort of benefit for both our communities. And so I think there's been a huge transfer, transformation in attitude and opinion mm-hmm. um, that's allowed for us to now sort of see eye to eye and work together towards some really positive things and you know i look at say for example the housing issue that we're dealing with uh, throughout the province and the country and the ability for first nations to to deliver on um, delivering a lot of housing quickly Um, that's a huge benefit that we can bring to the table um, but also our ability to bring workers and uh, small businesses um, and you know add value to these things so i think there's just a recognition that we can accomplish more by working together, and, and we're demonstrating that time and time again. And, and I think that's what's exciting for for everybody.
0: Hal Salem, thank you so much for your time today, my friend. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me.